Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Okay. Repentance. Ooh. Do I need to do that? Yeah, go on. Repentance. Ooh. Yeah, we can repent. So they told them that they've got a problem. Now we're going to tell you how to fix it. You can repent. To repent, we admit to God that we've done wrong. We feel sorrow for our sins and ask God to forgive us. We do all we can to correct the problems our actions may have caused. Right. Um, I, I used to do an A, B, C, D, if I can remember it. We acknowledge the sin. We beg forgiveness. We correct the sin. So if we stolen something um, or lied to someone, we Ooh, go. Can we, I do D? Oh, go on. Is it? We don't do it again. Oh, congratulations. Woo! Oh, points to Sister PD. We don't do it again. We don't do it again. So, but how would you correct a problem? If you've lied to someone, you tell them the truth and do what? Say you don't, you don't lie again. Say that you're sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Do we think that the church could do with uh, some repentance roundabout now? Yeah, if we could just um, point them in the direction of 1986 discussion pamphlet two, page 14, second paragraph down. Um, when you have done something that causes others pain or sorrow or guilt, you correct the problem yeah and you don't cause them that anymore yeah we turn away from our sins uh mark crispin brownie points for sister pd you knocked that one out of the park um yes but here is the circle people are talking about um in the chat about god creating himself if adam was god but here's another kind of catch 22 circle that we've got here and that is who provides the punishment for our sins in the next life who provides a punishment for our sins heavenly father okay and so he is saying repent um so that you're not like punished by what I'm going to do to you. So do as I say, basically, or I'm going to do this to you. And it becomes a protection racket. We can see up here a situation in which a criminal group, so the church or God. Charitable group. Demands money from a store owner or company. So that's us. Or member of the gang. In exchange for agreeing not to harm them. So to run a protection racket, these thugs ran a vast protection racket with which all property owners had to cooperate if they hoped to survive. I think that's what it is. <laughs> Just as it is there, whether it's money that they demand or whether it's obedience that they demand, they must run it in order to survive in the next life. So... It's like the image of Jesus knocking at the door and he's saying, let me in. And you say, why? 
and he says uh so that i can save you from what i'm about to do to you sounds like a scene from a bit of a bit of a dodgy um what's it movie i'm trying to think of a movie i've seen that's uh, similar similar to this yeah okay oh so president hinkley again we're about to watch one of his glorious moments on larry king live in september of 1998 i think um and this is just a section taken about 10 minutes into the interview when larry king asks a simple question speaking um, as a prophet pd is he speaking as a prophet he's speaking as a prophet larry later okay. president okay. of the church mm -hmm. okay here we go and i think they should play this to all um prospective members so they understand what the rules of the game are are people ever thrown out of your church? Yes. For? Uh, doing what they shouldn't do, preaching false doctrine, uh, speaking out publicly. They can carry all the opinion they wish within their heads, so to speak. But if they begin to try to persuade others, then they may be called in to a disciplinary council. Right now, we don't excommunicate many, but we do some. Oh. We don't excommunicate many, just the chosen few. Go on. Shout out to PD's fellow Britvenger, Peter Bleakley. You are of the chosen few. Congratulations, Peter. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Hinkley said, you can think what you want to think, just keep it in your own head. But I'm I'm struggling, PD. I'm struggling. It was only 25 seconds, okay? We were teenagers in 1990-something. You were preparing to go on a mission. What are you doing when you go on a mission? You are sent to, use the P word. Proselyte. Oh, oh. I was about to say you are sent to persuade them to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. No, you can have everything you want, but as soon as you try to persuade somebody else, you're out. Is that not what missionaries are doing? Well, yeah, I mean, you can you can have your own thoughts and keep them to yourselves, or you can have the Church's thoughts and you can persuade people using them. So but, what you're saying is that it only works one way? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyone out there having their own thoughts right now, Keep them to yourself because um, President Hinckley said so. Principle five. This is this is where the fireworks go off and the person should be feeling the spirit in uh, what is the culmination of this discussion. What can you do now you've repented? You need to make a covenant, a sacred pro two-way promise with Heavenly Father and you do that by being baptized by immersion for the remission of sins and following the example of Jesus Christ into the waters of baptism. Is the commitment on this page, the invitation and the commitment? Um, no, it's further down. Okay. So, but... I'll keep my opinions to myself. Yeah. But uh, in the current Preach My Gospel, it says through sacred ordinances such as baptism and confirmation. Okay. I think at that point, if you don't notice that they said ordinances, plural, well, plural, baptism and confirmation, that's plural. There are so many other ordinances 
um, that are required yeah. here because they say we learn about the experience and experience God's power. Jesus taught that we must be baptized by immersion for the remission of sins or forgiveness of our sins. Baptism is, is an essential ordinance of salvation. No person can enter the kingdom of God without being baptized by the Lord's authorized servant. Is that true? Yeah. Well, according about, to Mormonism. What about infants who die under the age of eight? I don't believe, PD, correct me if I'm wrong, that they they then get baptized. No, they never reach the age of accountability. So they go straight to um, heaven or the, well, yeah. It doesn't say that there, though, does it? Sorry, I'm, no, being, no, I'm no. being picky. But, but the point being, um, they're going on about baptism and bigging it up as the example from Jesus Christ. And they're saying that that's a required ordinance to enter the kingdom of God. But we know that there are other ordinances that follow that, that are required to enter the kingdom of God. But there's no, I don't know, I just feel like they should tell them that this is just the beginning of a long road of ordinances. But, yeah. then, but then they'd, they'd open themselves up to being like, well, what are the others? Oh, well, we can't tell you that because you're not part of the secret thing now. Yeah, and don't forget, you might still be talking to somebody outside Wilkinson on their lunch break if it's a really long lunch break and you don't want to be discussing those things which are sacred outside yeah. a very popular retail store. Yeah, well... It just it blows... I know it's really stupid, but it blows my mind to think that you could be too... LDS missionaries talking to people about this on the street whilst all the busyness is going on, it just strikes me as really, Yes, I don't know. But Sister PD, you've got to imagine that the Spirit of God has encompassed you and the other person in this pod of righteousness that blocks out the rest of the world as truth is spoken there. I feel like you might be doing an on location next PD <laughs> <laughs> to see if, to see if we can we can create a holy pod of yeah Outside okay <laughs> but the interesting thing is correct authority yes. because they don't want to teach all this and then have the investigator say oh well I've my, already been baptized yeah I've already been baptized and I always used to tell the story about a policeman and an ice cream van. And I'd always say to them, um, if an, if you were speeding on the motorway and an ice cream van pulled up behind you with its lights and music going, would you pull over? Well, it's 2022. You'd be looking to see a police officer. So <laughs> we might be grateful for an ice cream van. No, you wouldn't. But if a policeman did it, you would pull over, right? And why do you pull over for a policeman? Because of their authority, PD. And where do they get their authority? I don't know. I'm stumped on that one. From the Queen. Oh. And just like the Queen giving the policeman authority, Heavenly Father gives authority to... The missionaries. The missionaries and other priesthood holders at church. Yeah, made total sense. Um, again, uh, if you haven't had the wonderful opportunity um, to hit the like button, and do so now. Also, we've got a poll going, um, and that is, when you were at church, did you learn more about the life and times 
of Jesus Christ or Joseph Smith. So far, we've got 35 votes, 71% Joseph Smith, 29% Jesus Christ. Um, so if anybody wants to add to that, they can do so now. We've got a couple of slides to go. But before we do that, coming up on Thursday this week, we've got Mormon Temple Expose, Episode 3, Washing and Anointings, where we're going to look at washing and anointings from um, the 1850s in Salt Lake City onwards um, and take a look at the history of that. But back to this uh, lesson, Principle 6, The Gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I've not got my experiment thing again. Okay. Should be a rubbish primary teacher. Have you got your wedding ring on? Yeah, but take it off, please. Oh my gosh, I was just about to say it. <laughs> you can't get it off. You're asking me a question <laughs> that's impossible. Okay. While Sister PD tries to do that. It's not gonna happen. Do you want one? Uh yeah. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Ta-da! It's, it's still not. on a finger. Um, correct authority again, you know, and it speaks about the Holy Ghost. Okay, so as a Mormon missionary, I didn't know much about the day of Pentecost and the whole, um, yeah, Holy Ghost thing that went on there. But, um, what I did know is what the church taught me, and that was you can feel the feelings of the Holy Ghost before you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because you need to be able to feel it in order to learn that, oh my gosh, the headphones have come off while she tries. I can't get it off. <laughs> but you need to feel the feelings of the Holy Ghost in order to learn that the church is true, okay? But you don't get the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is constant companionship from a member of the Godhead, um, which is altogether weird because how can you be all over the place? His influence can be all over the place, but how can he be all over the place all at the same time, if you know what I mean? But the way we explained it was this, with an experiment with a ring. Sister PD. You still not got it? Have you got my wedding ring? Okay, grab it. Congratulations, my wedding ring that I can't wear because I'm too fat. <laughs> Okay, so we'd have a pen and a ring. This is how we'd explain it. We'd hold the pen and we'd say the ring is the Holy Ghost, okay? And you can feel it, it's, it's influence before you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as it rubs up and down the pen. But when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you put the Holy Ghost on and you can feel it all the time. And he can't leave you, he's trapped, he is with you unless you sin at which point he can go again and then when you repent he comes back okay so that's how we teach it all the all all that for that tiny bit but the gift of the holy ghost is a weird one because how do you know that it's the gift of the holy ghost and not just you continuing to feel the holy ghost like the influence and that another church down the road are feeling the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, this is one I always felt a little bit like uh, another one of the Brit Vengers might say, you know, more important than other people for having the Holy Ghost. Um, but before we kind of get into our personal bits on it, PD, have we understood or have I understood 
what the investigators have been taught about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, basically, um, you you get the heavenly pancake on your head, and you're spiritually reborn. Your new life begins uh, when you receive the Holy Ghost, and that it is a constant companion. And it will testify of Christ. It will help us to recognize truth. It can provide, sorry, he, not it, he can provide strength and help us to do what is right. He confirms during times, sorry, he comforts during times of trial or sorrow. The gift of the Holy Ghost is truly one of the most precious gifts of our Father in heaven. Yeah, and it is the baptism of fire. So in the example of Jesus, you've got um, the dove coming down um, and it, the Holy Ghost descending in the form of a dove after he was uh, baptized by John the Baptist, who had the priesthood. Um, and now your baptism isn't complete if you are not confirmed, which I think for investigators at church now, you no longer get confirmed at the baptism. I have an issue with that. You had to do it on the Sunday after, and I think that's just forcing, that's just making sure they come to church after they've been baptised. Yeah, wouldn't you want to think that if this gift is truly one of the most precious gifts, you shouldn't have to wait any longer to receive it? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I had a bit of an issue with that at the time. Yeah, but I think the other thing is that they want is they were having a lot of people get baptised and confirmed like on a Friday night. And then the person show up at church and people wouldn't know like what was going on because no one had been to the actual baptism. So it's just a new person at church. Or they could be forgiven for thinking that they are indeed still an investigator. Yeah. Um, and when then, would they do the welcome to the ward? No, they'll do the welcome to the ward okay. there. But I think they want everyone to like be involved in this spiritual conversion of the person and give everyone the opportunity um, to feel the spirit in that moment yeah principle six i kind of struggle with because um perhaps you and i are a little bit different you i've said before not very into <laughs> feel like you've just brought me on to slate your pd not as in touch with your emotions as i am um, but essentially what i'm trying to say is i feel like i relied upon the holy ghost a lot and I feel that I used to put a lot of things, not down to the Holy Ghost, but um, yeah. And then I was even thinking the other day, you know, you and I had made some pretty big decisions together that we effectively said the Holy Ghost confirmed to us. And I almost think there's a bit of a thing here that is it taking acceptance and accountability away from the individual when it comes to making decisions and as Mormons, we are taught to rely on the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm not saying that the decision we made was wrong, but when the trials came around, where was the Holy Ghost um, to take his part in, do you know what, maybe it wasn't such a great decision. Um, I mean, it says there, well, when the trial comes over there to comfort you, well, mm. if you played a key role in convincing me, that's you very take true. your share of the trial. 
<laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. I, I really relied upon it. I really felt it. Um, sorry to be Mike Hogging PD. Um, oh, go for it. Whether, you know, people are, not people are aware. I always felt certain things and then PD would be like, don't you think other people get on without the Holy Ghost? You know, I'm talking about things like taking tests, passing exams, you know, doing certain things. Um, and really, I'm just shouting out to myself now um, to say that I've um, recently taken an examination and we had a bit of a joke between us, you know, PD, can you give me a priesthood blessing? Do you want this? Do you want that? And he's like, Heather, just go it on your own because actually you've done the work. You deserve the praise. Um, and, and that was a bit of a difficult one for me because I still feel that in, in times when I need extra support, I do still turn to the Holy Spirit. Um, we've had discussions and sometimes I try and think of it that I'm not turning to the Holy Spirit, but I'm turning to the spirit within me as in my own spirit. Mm -hmm. And I try to, as you've, you know, we've discussed or you've said to me, why don't you just try words of encouragement to yourself? rather than you know giving giving that credit to someone else yeah and i have to say that i think i miss him really yeah i'm so sorry if that's not what you wanted on your show but i i do oh. if you know if you would ask i think you asked people before yeah i do i do go for it principle seven <laughs> <laughs> i might be better at this one okay this is the final principle um again yeah if you before we finish if you can like the stream leave a comment and yeah just watch till the very end um to the last few seconds that'd be amazing principle seven obedience to the commandments of god if you leave a comment i might get kicked off the next one <laughs> <laughs> no if you leave a comment sister pd is going to be doing it on her own next time <laughs> um so sorry i'm just reading paul's Paul's uh, message here. The gift of the Holy Ghost does not guarantee safety, success, or freedom from error. It's promise of guidance to truth, not always by direct, unimpeded path suggested by church leaders. I like that. Okay. Uh, obedience to the commandments of God. This is the point, and you didn't get it, where I said keep sweet. Like Warren Jeffs would say to everyone, keep sweet, or Rusty would say, remain on the covenant path and all of these stupid little things like i think when we were kids it was endure to the end i think when we were kids it was the bees can you remember how many bees they were um the the gordon b hinckley be we have a book happy be great and be good courageous was one of them yeah but we can see up here, endure to the end in obedience. Uh, we must be obedient to the end. God gives us commandments to help us understand how we can fulfill his plan and become more like him, more like him again. Only by obeying the commandments of God can we find lasting peace and happiness in this life. You must have thought that was really important because not only have you highlighted it in yellow, you've gone over it in green. Sister PD, I clearly thought that this was just a coloring book. <laughs> Because if you look back through all of these, I've pretty much highlighted, in this paragraph, I've highlighted all but four, five words. It's also the as an A. Uh, maybe four words, you know. 
and I clearly had no idea uh, what highlighter was for. It was just to colour in the pages and look cool. Mindful colouring uh, must not be must not have been a thing back then. But I tell you, look this up. Someone look this up. There must Are be Mormon Mormon mindful colouring. You know, like you give your kids at conference. There must be Mormon images broken down into mindful colouring. Oh, we all have a purple Nephi. There will be. I'm going to find one. <laughs> okay. Um, Sarah Elizabeth, be clean, be smart. Um, yeah. And there, there were loads. I think it was supposed to be a riff on Jesus and the Beatitudes, because I think he gave a conference talk on the Beatitudes and then decided, you know what? I can monetize that because I can write a book and Deseret Book are going to make me a stack of cash. Well, since we own that book, PD, I'll get it out and you can. Um, Please don't. Please you don't. Can, you can do a shot on, on the bees just to confirm how many there were. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, so more like him again. And then we have the invitation here at the bottom that you were looking for. Do you want to read it? Right. Commitment. Commitment, invitation, baptism. One of the most basic ways in which God asks us to be obedient is by being baptised. So you just got to get on with it. As we said a few minutes ago, we are baptised. We enter into a covenant with God. The Book of Mormon teaches that Christ set the example for us being baptised. His baptism was a witness that we would be obedient to all the commandments of his father. Will you follow the example of Christ by being baptised by someone holding the priesthood authority of God? Absolutely. And then up here at the top, continuing on, oh, I hate it's, this. The, it's the fake baptismal um Wasn't that in discussion service. one? Yeah, it was. And we talked about it, didn't we? Yeah, they'll, they'll keep trotting this one out. We will be holding a baptismal service on... The 22nd of Never. Will you prepare yourself to be baptised on that date? And that was always, like, I discussed with the companion before, who's giving the baptismal commitment? And what date are we shooting for? Do Are we going to get it in this transfer? So it's on this transfer's numbers? Yeah. And so. do you think the investigator was thinking, we will be holding on. So I'll be, you know, one of two, one of ten, and then they rock up, and they're the only one. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're already planning your baptismal service. It's just insulting. Okay, and Preach My Gospel goes a little bit further, and I found this slightly jarring when I looked at it earlier. Um, so this is at the end of uh, the Holy Ghost section, but I thought I'd put it here because I think it goes well. Explain to those whom you are teaching that Satan opposes God and entices people to commit sin to retain the good feelings they have had while meeting the missionaries they should read the book of mormon pray attend church and obey the commandments explain that having the continued guidance of the holy ghost is one of the benefits of being baptized and confirmed but what stood out to me there is that they're going for the feelings first of all they've they've held satan up and i don't think he's mentioned in the 1986 discussions but now has come in to preach my gospel um every story needs a buddy james 
I know, but think about Satan, guys. Satan could have ruined God's plan by just doing nothing. Sorry, explanation needed. Well, if Satan didn't entice you to sin, if he'd not gone to the garden and enticed Eve to partake of the fruit, in the temple he says he's just doing what has been done in other worlds so he knew the plan so he knew that if eve took the fruit then she'd learn good and evil and be like god and yeah that that was the plan for the fall to happen through satan so let's not get on to when he gives them two commandments possible for you to do both yeah so you've set me up to fail when the church gaslights the hell out of us by saying satan was actually playing a part and that let's welcome him <laughs> come on down into the <laughs> celestial kingdom yeah and that he was playing his part because someone someone had to play devil's advocate someone had to entice you to sin otherwise how how would it work to prove yourself yeah so if satan didn't do anything if he just stayed at home today Mm -hmm. then there's no good or evil Mm -hmm. because there's no opposite correct so he could have ruined it all by just doing nothing so in effect he is actually fulfilling god's plan by being himself Yes. But he'll still be punished for it. I'm not sorry, this sounds like we're getting into a Satan worshiping session. We're not. I'm just saying that's how ridiculous this whole circle circular thing is. Okay, so if they feel good because the missionaries have used the commitment pattern, they have um got to know them. Sometimes you're looking for people who are on their own, who are feeling down, you're giving them attention. Um, you're telling them nice things about being families forever, about becoming a God that can really make people feel good. And now you're telling them that the only way to keep that good feeling is to be baptized on this day when we've made up a baptismal date. Pressure sales. Oh, that's what I was totally thinking earlier. Absolutely. It just, it just is. How do you feel about this commitment? Let's remember, I asked you earlier, PD, you know, as a member, I always used to feel like these discussions should be set so that the person that you're teaching has had around a week, say, to digest everything from discussion one. But you've openly said that as missionaries, you were told, and certainly within Preach My Gospel now, there is no time scale if that person is happy to see you again the next day if that person has a spare hour and you've got a spare hour you could just go straight on to number three that there is really am i being a bit outspoken here there is really no processing time is there no and the crazy thing is um like doug has said here he says seventh day adventists who would take you through an eight month teaching process before you can join um we interviewed um the jehovah's witnesses jt and lady c and i asked them what's the process of joining and they were saying that 
you have to study with them for at least six months. You have to be going out and proselyting with them, you know, door to door, selling Jehovah's Witness and the Watchtower as an investigator. And then there's like an exam of like 150 questions that you have to go through. Oh, there's no way I pass. To join. I've struggled with some of your questions on this show. No way I could join their religion. <laughs> no, there's not. But PD, I just wanted to um I just wanted to touch on um two things. One thing is what Gail is saying um in the chat just there. And I have also forgotten the other thing that I was gonna say. So we'll go for Gail's first. I just wanted to say to Gail, shout out. Um, you know, PD and I speak about this and to anyone like Gail, like PD, who may be coming out of Mormonism, um, maybe finding, you know, you know, listening to whether it's PD's podcast or whether it's some of the other amazing podcasters out there, do not feel, you know, that you have done something, you were doing what you were taught to do in the belief that you had at that time. You know, and and my personal opinion as Sister PD on that is, you know, you you are not to be held accountable for, you know, you were a PD that you've changed people's lives, the cost of people's lives. Yeah. When you were a missionary going out there to do that, and you know, now you yourself um, are not so. You are doing what you were taught at the time, and what you believe right is the people above you asking you to do these things. When, is you know not completely truthful who really should be um, held to account for that yeah and sarah elizabeth here's here's a perfect example and i'm not putting you down sarah all oh you're always here it's fantastic sarah's just reminded me so after her so she was baptized after 14 days after first hearing about the church wow after our baptism my husband was told he would be ordained that night to ironic priesthood. ironic priesthood i knew so little i asked what the priesthood was i've seen it before i don't know if they can still do it where the husband goes through first and is ordained font side oh, yes. and then baptizes his wife and children yes immediately after yeah and but this is the problem sarah elizabeth you seem to have stayed but I think the problem is with people who get baptized and then disappear because they never had a real rooted testimony in the church. And that really wound me up as a member. Probably seems a little bit hypocritical as I'm sat here now as um, Sister PD. But I've remembered Sarah has helped me to remember PD. What I was going to say is, can either you or anyone in the chat tell me under the church's program of addiction recovery, how long does it take to break an addiction? And where mm. I'm going with this is that as either the church would say, you know, or other professors have said about how long it takes to break an addiction, I feel that that must work in reverse. There must be a period of time that you should go through in order to make that commitment. To me, it's, it's almost on, I'm getting my hands out, you know, two kind of, you can't see both my hands, two sides of the scale. If it takes so long to break an addiction, in my personal opinion, there should be a reasonable length of time 
that you would need as a human to process this kind of commitment and um, just to use that example there I don't think 14 days is long enough um, and I know obviously when I was um, going to church as a TBM sometimes it would be you know three Sundays um, that people would come and yes essentially that would frustrate me as um, a doing member in trying to you know get those people to come back and be involved or they just ended up on your list as another name um, and I'm not trying to say that as a moaning thing but going back to what I said at the beginning you know as a Relief Society sister you're already doing 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 and then you've got the list of someone who was baptized three weeks ago who now couldn't care less on your list to do more yeah I'll just put a sock in it now all right. Well, no, I think it was good. Um, JC, yeah, we love Sister PD and Sarah Elizabeth. Well said. And I just looked up quickly. I wasn't just scrolling while she was talking. <laughs> Ignoring me. She's on a rant again. I wasn't being rude. Um, but uh, in this is just the first Google result that came up. So take it for what it is. It takes 21 days to change um or create a new habit but it says it takes approximately 21 days of conscious and consistent effort to create a new habit well i've just put doug's comment up there i know that will mean something to pd um but just based on what pd read out there i'm being quite open on the show um you know we are both 30 somethings who've been through um, being born into the church I'm being quite open here I would struggle you know we're talking about these people uh, investigators 21 days I would probably struggle to consistently um, read my scriptures I would often struggle continuously for 21 days to pray on my knees every night when I was a TBM yeah I would struggle with these things um, and that was having it drilled into me since I was you know born it is it's exactly what Doug has said, you know, it's really high pressure. And I don't think that as humans, any of us, we're in a place to process that so quickly. And let's face it, look how long it's taking us to process coming out of it. Yeah. Sad. And but the thing is as well, 21 days of consistent effort. But over the 21 days, these people will meet with the missionary six times. And then you'll go to three sundays three uh times at church so that's nine of the 21 days and you're being baptized already you've still got at least 12 consistent um you know days or activities to make that habit so yeah, it, and, it and can how take a long time to get through the book of mormon no. <laughs> oh don't it's chloroform in print Anyway, thank you for joining me tonight, Sister PD. Thanks, everyone, for being here. And bearing with us. Yeah, the poll, um, as we'll end now, 45 votes. And it went the way that I thought it would go. Because, and the way that I would have voted. Yeah, I felt this. Uh, the poll was, when at church did you learn more about the life and times of Jesus or Joseph? 73% have gone with Joseph Smith. And I think it will be different wherever you are, but... I just, I always felt that um, it was Bestimony Meeting became the Joseph Smith Appreciation Society. And we have, we have all, I know we have gospel doctrine, um, New Testament, but 
all the time, even through the New Testament and the Old Testament, people will still talk about Joseph Smith and what he said or what he did, referring to the New Testament and the Old Testament. And then we get the whole Joseph Smith church history loving with the year when you have Doctrine and Covenants. Mm -hmm. um, and then we go around again. And then with the Book of Mormon, of course, he's responsible for that. So there's the there's the loving in that year of the yeah. Book of Mormon as well, because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have it. But I just think that um, when it comes to Jesus, you learn about crooked glasses, you learn about his birth, you learn about um, his not his conception, some of his teachings with his disciples, and then you learn about um, not his conception. <laughs> Sorry, compose myself, and then you learn about his death, okay, and the atonement. But if yeah, Jesus yeah. is the ultimate example, and it is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, then Jesus and his life in my opinion, is what should be studied and should be what is in the the core of every lesson. Yeah, I, I, I do. When we talked about it, I just said, you know, it's come to a point as I've um, stepped away from the church that if I think about the things I know about him, I think it was never really enough. Yeah. Um, Mark, I'll go get it resized and just accept that um festively plump no no mark he will slim into the ring <laughs> slim into the ring oh. <laughs> okay thank you so much for being here thanks sister pd if you feel that you can share this with anyone please do so um please subscribe if you've not already subscribed and we will catch you on the next one see ya good night